Hey everybody, it's Nick here with the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where I split a six-pack of beer and talk about three different topics each over the course of a beer. And guess what, everyone? For the first time ever, I'm here alone. Well, not really. Um, sitting right next to me is my dog Stella and my dog Remy. Remy looks like he's trying to eat some of my stuff, but we'll let it slide for now. Um, so I'm going to be alone for the first segment, which is going to be sports. Um, I'm not sure what's up with Brian. Uh, he didn't answer my text. Uh, we'll see what's going on with that. Hopefully he's okay and just uh, didn't feel like doing it. I don't know. Brian, if you hear this, please contact me. Let me know what's going on. Um, so for the sports section, we're going to talk uh, majority about the NBA free agency and what happened there. Um, a little bit of Lions and a little bit of uh, Tigers, too. Um, after that, though, I'm going to pause the podcast, go watch Spider-Man with my girlfriend, Melissa, and we're going to come back and review it for you, so she'll be joining me, and then she's also going to join me for politics, where we're going to talk a lot about Russia, presumably. We'll see how it goes. Might be a little rough, so sorry about that, guys, but I do have a new beer that I'm going to try, and for the first time, I'm going to open it myself. Um, it's by New Holland. Uh, it's called Hoptronics. Looks really cool. It's got like Space Invaders on the front. It's a double Indian pale ale. So let's give it a try. Hmm. Tastes good. Tastes like a, a double IPA. I know I don't uh, give really good uh, descriptions of the taste. But on the back it says, oh my god, it's 9%. Okay, that's fun. Um, Hoptronics one-ups the game with its eye-popping bitterness. Mosaic Hops gives this IPA a dank aroma, and yet it finishes smooth and crisp. Pairings. Charcuterie, stinky cheese, and salted caramel, all of which I don't have. So, um, well, really glad you guys are listening. We have some big news here at Split Six. Remy! Hold on a second. Sorry about that. Remy was eating, uh a porch that goes into the wall from a charger. But anyways, back to the big news with Split Six. As you might be able to hear in the background though, there is an ice cream truck going by. But anyways, in regards to this podcast that we've uh, been on for quite the quite the few weeks now, um, we are officially on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, and probably some other places where you get your podcasts. I'm still trying to figure out um, exactly what we're all on, but I know we're on those two. So, oh my God, guys, please go and subscribe. Please rate me five stars because uh, I don't want to be any lower than that, even though I'll admit probably not worthy of five stars just yet. Kind of diving right into this thing and um, don't exactly know what I'm doing and don't have a whole lot of experience. But I was excited when I saw that. So you can get all the episodes of Split Six that um, are attached to our RSS feed, which I believe starts at episode 12. And you can get every episode reviewable, anonymous, the other podcast I do with my friend Mike Carls. And then that podcast is about another podcast. If you ever have listened to Beautiful Stories from Anonymous Field by Chris Gethard, um, we review it, dissect it, and go into it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, this one's a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'll get Brian back, or if not, I'll get uh, a new co-host to join me soon. Um, I'm going to drink this beer, and let's... Talk about sports. Beer number one, sports. Okay, everybody. I'm sure if you are an NBA fan, 
you just saw the craziness that has been going down in this offseason, which was probably much more exciting than the entirety of the playoffs and the regular season, to be honest. Um, but uh, I want to end with that because I could talk for a long time about that. First, I want to talk about the Lions um, real quick. So, we all know Stafford is seeking a new contract. Or is he? Uh, while listening to, uh, to talk radio around the, the town today, um, they, they came out with this disturbing uh, stat that I, I didn't really like, where if Stafford just doesn't sign a contract and we franchise tag him, um, he's going to end up making more money if he gets franchise tagged twice than he would by signing a contract. Because um, if he gets franchise tagged twice, I believe that guarantees him like uh, $78 million, and that's what they want with these contracts. It's not about how big they are, because at football, you can get cut any year, any time. Injuries happen all the time because it's a very, very violent sport. So if Stafford just waits, gets a franchise tag, then I believe he'll be, I'm not exactly sure what he'll be paid, but it'll be like $28 million next year. And then if he waits again and gets a franchise tag, He'll be like at $33 million, which would be a lot of money for him to pass up on, especially if he just, let's assume, maybe doesn't want to play for the Lions, one of the worst franchises in NFL history, which I know breaks my heart. But I just kind of feel like that might be where it's heading. I honestly don't expect a deal to be done. And I think he's just going to play this season out. Uh, we'd be stupid not to franchise him tag after this one because uh, I think we're like a year away from going uh, deeper into the playoffs than people expect once that line can come together and once Taylor Decker gets healthy and everything. Another thing with the Lions today. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, one second. My dogs are fighting again. Oh, how I love my dogs, but they actually do give me a nice chance to pause the podcast and look up what I'm actually supposed to be talking about for. Normally I have a guest here and I can read while they do their takes. But so Calvin Johnson, ex-Lions receiver, uh, greatest receiver of all time, in my opinion, as a biased Lions fan, uh, today, I think, just came out with these comments about the Lions organization and it is also so heartbreaking. Um, he was asked about his contract and about how he was in Detroit and how if, if he ever wanted to play for another team, and this is what he said. I thought about it. I was stuck in my contract in Detroit, and they told me they would not release my contract, so I would have to come back to them. I didn't see a chance for the Lions to win a Super Bowl at the time, and to work, and for the work I was putting in, it wasn't worth my time to keep beating my head against the wall and not going anywhere. Okay. Okay, Calvin, um, of course we're not just going to release you. Uh, why would a team release the best player on their team uh, for nothing? Wouldn't we could have, I guess, traded you for at least something? You know, you could have, def- that could have definitely been worked out if you would have refused to play and, you know, told your agent you wanted them to work out a deal. I mean, I know you were, you have a, had a very unfriendly contract there at the end because of how much you were paying in your last year. We were paying you in the last year of your deal, but 
we still paid you all that money. And I, I'm saying we, but I mean, I mean the Lions, of course. They're my, my team, so we paid you a lot of fucking money for you to come out and, like, basically trashing us ever since uh, you've left because of bad blood or whatnot. But I don't see why you're complaining about this and why you thought you, like, deserved the right to just be cut from us to go and play for a Super Bowl team. I understand the desire to. I get it. I mean, I wish uh, I could be... Tr- my fandom could be traded to another team sometimes because of I want to see the thing that I like win. But uh, you cannot expect that from Bob Quinn and the Lions that they're just going to let you walk for nothing. That's ridiculous to think that. Um, makes no sense, and it's definitely hurting how I feel about you in the long run. Because you were my favorite lion of all time. And then, yeah, I know you don't give a shit. I know no one probably gives a shit. But it sucks when uh, something you idolize for so long is just coming out and, like, you're learning that it kind of, uh... Sounds like they kind of suck a little bit right now. One day, the Lions will win the Super Bowl. Gosh, I hope. Um, and... I don't know. It sounds like, uh... Calvin... Won't be a part of it that much, which stinks. I don't know. He was great. He's my favorite player ever. But, you know, things happen, I guess. Okay, so um, moving on. Uh, right now, it's baseball season. Um, you guys all know, if you've listened before, I don't really give a shit about baseball. Um, but uh, the Tigers are our hometown team. And they are pretty bad right now. <laughs> and uh, we are in a, diff- a like a transformative phase in our season and our th- Tigers history. Um, for their run, which has been like a decade long, is over. Um, their players are old. They're they're no good, and they have no farm system. And this is all from what I hear on the radio. But. There's an opportunity right now, and it's being floated out there. They have this uh, young pitcher, sophomore pitcher, Michael Fulmer, who is highly touted, and he is, he's played really well so far in his early career. So there's talks of maybe possibly trading him. There already were talks of like trading Justin Verlander and um, you know everyone else that has some value with us. But Verlander's contract holds a lot of money, and he's not pitching well at the moment. Um, a lot of people think that if he gets traded, he'll be re-motivated to um, he work, step up his game, you know. But his value is definitely lower than Michael Fulmer, who has the best value on our team. Um, I don't think he's paid a lot because he's a rookie or a sophomore, and he's uh, got top five potential in the league. Um, so the question is, do you trade Michael Fulmer or do you hang on to him to build for the future? Um, I think it's obvious. Seems like the team's not going anywhere. Seems like it's the start of a rebuild, much like the Red Wings and much like the Pistons. You're either going to stay where they are in purgatory, um, maybe making a low playoff seed and losing in the first round, or you can blow it up and try to get better. Uh, in the long run. So if they can get, from what I hear, and it makes sense to me, I don't know baseball, but I can listen to what I'm hearing and decide on my own opinion what 
sounds smartest. And I think trading him, if you get back a decent enough return, it's a no-brainer. Just do it. Uh, what you're gonna, you're not gonna. Michael Fulmer is not gonna put you over the edge alone. You need a bunch more. You need to draft well. You need to get young players, develop them, and uh, you know find the next Michael Fulmer and have him come up with uh, the next Aaron Judge too. Then you have a chance. <laughs> I know that's asking a lot, especially for someone that doesn't know anything about baseball. Coming from me, probably not that cool. But that's what I suggest the Tigers do. I think that's what the majority of people want them to do. I know we like Fulmer because he's young, good, and, uh, you know, it kind of sucks to give something like that up. But when you got nothing going for you, you don't want to waste him. He'll be wasted here if you keep him, and it's, it'll just won't amount to anything. But... Uh, something else happened last night, and uh, a rookie won the home run derby in the MLB. His name is Aaron Judge. I'm sure you've heard of him. He plays for the New York Yankees. Um, he's leading the league in home runs right now, I think, with like 30. Uh, he is like a giant being. I think he's 6'7", 200-something pounds, and he can just blast the ball. He hit one of the farthest home runs ever, I think, earlier in the season. Apparently, he's really consistent with his swing, and uh, it's crazy because he's a rookie, and it's so good for baseball, for you baseball fans, because he alone makes the Yankees relevant again because of his star power. They just need a few more pieces to, uh, I'm assuming at least, to uh, get back to where they used to be and playoff, uh, consistent playoff contender. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's even drawing my attention uh, just because of his sheer dominance at batting. Okay, but we have to move on to our biggest topic of the night for sports. Um, the NBA free agency. Haven't got a chance to talk about it yet because we haven't released an episode in a hot minute. Uh, but let's let's dive into it. This is uh, who's winning the NBA free, free agency and who's uh, losing. This is an article from The Ringer. Um, it's by staff writer Kevin O'Connor. I'm just going to go through it, look through it, see, tell you what I think about uh, who he thinks the biggest winners and losers are. Um, so, here is the winner. Number one, the Houston Rockets. Houston ended up getting Chris Paul before free agency actually officially started, I believe, with a sign-and-trade with the, the Clippers. Um, so, that puts uh, Chris Paul on a team with James Harden, which... Should be pretty exciting. Uh, Chris Paul is a great shooter, great point guard, just like James Harden. So that'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, they obviously are trying to close the gap on the Warriors because they are so much better than everyone else, and they're probably they're probably the favorite to do it. You know, I mean, I I, I want, we'll talk about the um, the Thunder later, but. Um, yeah, so they'll have Chris Paul, who I don't know who's going to play point guard. They're both point guards. Um, I would guess it's uh, Harden's team, so he'll he'll st- stick with the point guard opportunities, and Chris Paul will just be a killer shooter. Um, like I heard this stat the other day that he's got like got a really ridiculously high shooting percentage off the ball at, at Chris Paul. 
So, like, if he's just, like, getting open for shots and shooting threes, then, you know, this team's going to be even more deadly uh, with that going on. Um, another winner, the Boston Celtics. Um, they, <laughs> they, they're just stockpiling draft picks. They traded their first-round pick this year, which was number one overall, which was ridiculous that they had the number one overall pick, and they were the number one overall team in the Eastern Conference, at least regular season-wise. Um, and they moved back two spots, drafted the player they wanted to draft anyway in Jason Tatum, and have another first-round pick for next year from the 76ers, which inevitably, most likely, will be a lottery pick. But um, though they did not get Paul George, uh, they did get Gordon Hayward. And Gordon Hayward was a player from the Utah Jazz that that's who they were rumored to get the whole time. And uh, they should be much better for that. Um, they also traded uh, Avery Bradley to the Pistons, which we'll have to talk about later. But um, they got Marcus Morris, who is a much cheaper player than Avery Bradley, who they will not be able to re-sign next year because they have like Isaiah Thomas and, and uh, Gordon Hayward now. Um, so it's going to be that, that big three of Isaiah Thomas, Gordon Hayward, and Al Horford, and whoever else I'm forgetting from that team. But, uh, they should be pretty good, and they should, I don't, I don't think they can, I don't think they can get past LeBron James yet, but, um, after LeBron James leaves next year, I'm sure that they'll be the ones coming out of the East. Number three from this guy is the Atlanta Hawks. Kind of surprised about this one, but it seems like um, what the Atlanta Hawks are doing is trading away everyone, not signing anyone, and just preparing to tank for the future. I guess they have um, 11 picks in the next two years, which is crazy because, uh, well, few drafts, I don't know if it's two years, maybe it's like three or something, but there's only two rounds in the NBA draft. Um, so yeah, they're stacking up to uh, I mean, it makes sense. Why wouldn't you just, you're not going to beat the Warriors right now. You're not going to beat the Cavs right now. What you should do is suck, get the players of the future and just wait for the future to come. Cause I mean, the best you can do is come, come in second in the East or <laughs> even in the West. It's even more impossible. There's West is stacked Eastern conference. If LeBron does leave next year, there's nothing there. I mean, I don't know what the Celtics would be if they played in the West, but I guarantee you would not um, in the top three. Okay, so number four, the Toronto Raptors. Uh, they re-signed um, Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka to two three-year deals. Um, and, you know, they did this originally with Ibaka, and, you know, they had DeRozan still uh, last year to try to take down the Cavs, but they didn't get a fair chance because I believe Lowry was injured for the whole playoffs. When the year prior they took the they took the Cavs to a a, a six game series, um, and Urbaca, I don't know, maybe could have won them one more game. Still don't think they have a chance, but you know, uh, rather than blow it up, let's go for it again. Why not? Number five winners, the Golden State Warriors. 
the un the most unfair team in the league got more unfair because they they signed they signed Steph Curry of course you know that was gonna happen and but they signed Kevin Durant who took a big pay cut and uh, that helped them retain some of their players like uh, Iguodala and wh- whoever else but they still are starting the same starting five that lost um, one game in the entire playoffs which is unthinkably good especially when they don't even have the best player in the world on their team so those are the winners let's see the losers how about the Cavaliers um they didn't get anyone uh they re-signed Corver they added Jeff Green and Jose Calderon uh but they didn't get Paul George uh, which is who they need to get. They need to get someone else because they can't beat. <laughs> they can't beat the Warriors. I mean, they can get through the East, but the East is a joke. You you need to be playing to get past the Warriors, and what you need to beat the Warriors is some great perimeter defense and just some tough players and fast players and disciplined players, but. You know, they still have LeBron, so you can never write them out. But they are considered a loser. Oh, and they also lowballed. They also fired their GM for some reason and tried to get Chauncey Billups to do it by lowballing him an offer, and he said no too. So I don't know, Dan Gilbert. Uh, I I think the majority of people think LeBron is leaving next year. So you got one more chance to get Cleveland one other title, but. Get ready for some dark days there in 2019. Number four loser is the Detroit Pistons. Oh, I, may, I don't know if this... Uh, I don't think this is an updated article that I'm reading. Um, let's, let's, let's take a look at this for one second. Okay, so... Main point from the Pistons. Uh, the hometown team here of the Split Six podcast. They traded Marcus Morris for Avery Bradley, like I just mentioned, who is a better shooter and better overall player both ways than Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who we chose not to re-sign, but hasn't signed anywhere else yet. So we'll see what happens with that. It's still developing. Um, Pistons, from this article, the argument is that Pistons still have to pay a lot of people a lot of money, 10.5 to John Luer, 7 million to Boban Marjanovic, 6 million to Ishmith. And they still, I didn't, I didn't even know this, but they still owe $5.3 million over the next three years to Josh Smith. Which, oh, Josh Smith was terrible. I don't know why. He's just the worst player. Um, but we have Avery Bradley, um, who is probably our best player now. Because we just traded for him, he's going to be our best player. Uh, he is a rental, technically, but not really. Um we got one year to impress him, make him like it, and I believe we can offer him more money than anyone else to to sign with us long term. Uh, it would be really cool to keep him. Uh, well, we'll see how it works out. You know, he he was going to be the star of this team, assuming Andre Drummond doesn't Andre Drummond doesn't take a step up like we all want him to, and assuming Reggie Jackson can't get over his injury like we all expect. Um, we drafted Luke Kennard, which is. Um, uh, big three shooter uh, should def- that's like something we needed the most so we got we 
We traded Marcus Morris, who probably played the hardest for us, to be honest. I didn't like him that much, but he was he was someone you saw that just had the killer instinct in him and tried his best to win. Him and him and KCP were definitely our our top uh, players with the heart, if you will. I I don't know how to word that uh, any better, but. Yeah, I don't think the Pistons season deserves to be in the top five worst. Uh, we're kind of stuck. We what can we? We can tank, I guess, but tanking sucks. We're going into a new stadium. We got to put something on the on the on the floor. So we'll see what happens. But hopefully, every Bradley works out, signs long term. Andre Drummond shoots underhand free throws, and Reggie Jackson becomes the player we thought he was gonna be. But we'll see. Number three, the New York Knicks. Phil Jackson is out. Uh, good, because he did terrible things. <laughs> uh, I don't even know why he was... I was hearing things about him trying to trade Chris Porzingis, who is, like, one of the best uh, young players in the game right now. But apparently they signed Tim Hardaway Jr. for four years for $71 million, And... Uh, from what I've heard is he was offered like $25 million less than that from his other team. So I don't, I, I, I don't know why, what they're doing. Um, but I'll tell you what the Knicks need to do. They need to trade Carmelo Anthony um, and get just some picks. Get some, I don't know, cap relief. You're, 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 you're stuck New York, and you you have been for a while. Uh, Carmelo was not is he's not the player that everyone wants him to be. I don't think he's good at scoring, bad at defending. He's not a leader. He cannot, and he's proven it, be the biggest star on a team. He needs to go to a super team like everything else and everyone else that's doing it. Um, I say trade him to the Thunder um, for some draft picks. Not because we'll. I say trade him to the Thunder because I want the Thunder to be good. And I think if you trade for the Thunders, not this year's draft pick, but next year's first round, maybe you get two first rounds for it. Because um, the Thunder could be screwed in two years. But uh, then that will give you a good pick. So let's see what happens. Number two, Chicago Bulls. Uh, they traded Jimmy Butler for Chris Dumb and Zach Levine. Zach Levine tore his ACL. Chris Dunn looked like a bust. Uh, I mean, Zach Levine did win the dunk contest, and and I think he was like, uh, you know, supposed to be a coming up player. But Jimmy Butler is a really good player, and uh, it's, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, what they still have Dwayne Wade, who they don't really want, but is just staying on their team. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do about. Um, Chicago, I think they're probably going into a dark age. Again, they they had they had some good players, and they this this year I think if Rondo didn't get hurt, they could have they could have beat um, the Celtics, and they could have challenged Cleveland. I believe that. I don't think they would have won, but they would have won more games against Cleveland than the Raptors did or than the Celtics did. But you know, because they had they had some star power there. Number one team that lost is the Indiana Pacers. They traded Paul George for Victor Oladipo, who is a big-ass contract and four years left and is not that good. And they traded for 
DeMontis, a bonus who I don't really know about him. Apparently he's a good, not great young big. Um, I mean, I don't know. Pacers were kind of, they kind of had to do something because Paul George is going to leave. So I guess this is just where you start tanking. I just don't understand acquiring Oladipo. Why not just like try to get a draft pick um, instead or just like not getting Oladipo and trading him somewhere, trading Paul George somewhere else for, I don't know, more and just get draft picks because you, you, you should, Oladipo makes you a little bit better than um, some people or you, if you wouldn't have had him, you'd just be worse and you can tank faster and get into, get into the draft to the lottery and, you know, try to get the best chance at maximizing your future. And here's a team that I think this article made a mistake by not mentioning in the winners, and that is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They traded for Paul George, like I was just talking about with the Pacers. They they dumped Oladipo on them. That's pretty cool for them. He had a big contract. It is not that good. Um, and now they got Paul George paired with Russell Westbrook. Now here's the reason why I'm guessing it was not on uh, on this article. It's because Paul George is a one-year contract player, and so is Westbrook right now. They both can leave if they choose to after this year, which is a, probably, if I was an Oklahoma City fan, I would be terrified right now because you have a chance from being surprisingly revel- relevant the entire time you've been in Oklahoma City to being the most un- irrelevant team out there. Uh, Russell Westbrook, he's probably one of the league's favorite players right now. Um, one of my favorite players right now just because of no one plays with more passion than him. No one has uh, that much of a killer instinct. And not many people are better than him. There's, gosh, I mean, you could make an argument that he's the second best player in the league. I'm never going to say LeBron's not the best player, at least until he gets a little older and starts sucking more. But, you know, you can make arguments for Durant. You can make arguments for Curry. You can make arguments for Harden. But I don't know. Uh, I think I'd rather have Westbrook. And so now you're going to have Paul George, really great player, one of the best, playing with Russell Westbrook, one of the top three players in the league, in my opinion. And you're going to see if they can make magic happen. They still have Steven Adams. So, you know, they just need to get over the Warriors. That's how you have to think of this. Does this get them over the Warriors? Probably not. (laughs) That's that's a really impossible thing to do right now, it seems. Um, but what this is what I want them to do. I want them to go out there and go get Carmelo Anthony. The Knicks are a disaster. They need to start sucking. Carmelo does not want to be there. I guess he likes living in New York. But if he ever wants to accomplish anything in his career, then he needs to be traded right now. And whether that's to the Cavs, to the Rockets, I, I'm telling you, um, OKC, go out and get Carmelo Anthony. Bring him there. <laughs> Maybe not his ideal city, and I don't know how much longer he has on his contract, but um, that's a great team, I think, with Westbrook, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and uh, Steven Adams. You know, that'll be a fun thing to watch them play the Warriors and the Rockets. The Rockets, no way they win in five that, with that. I, I don't think... I think that could challenge the Warriors. 
And, uh, I mean, gosh, I've been a Warriors fan. Uh, I'm not really a Warriors fan. I'm a Steph Curry fan. But I definitely found myself rooting against them this time just because of how stacked they are. And I don't think it's that fair that Kevin Durant is just going to take a pay cut to keep them that stacked. It sounds, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not... It's, it's not competitive right now. And I don't know, basketball is going to a low point. If if the Warriors win the next four championships and no one can challenge them, that's going to be really, really boring. You know, and it's just really, it's just going to keep promoting this super team thing, which I guess is cool. But it makes me as a Pistons fan and all the other small market teams just sad. I mean, unless we have the best player in the world, we're not going to do it. And, you know, so you got to look to who's young and who's going to, who has that potential. And, uh, what I've been hearing, the only other team that's a small market team that has potential like that is the Milwaukee Bucks with the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo or whoever you pronounce it. Maybe team, maybe players will go and try to play with him if he can take a, the next step up. But, uh, guys, uh, sports section just about up. So I'm going to pause it. I'm going to go watch Spider-Man Homecoming, and we'll be back with my girlfriend, Melissa, and we will talk about movies and other things about entertainment, like Game of Thrones, probably. Thanks for uh, dealing with me being alone here. Beer number two, entertainment. All right, guys. Um, ready for beer number two? Um, I'm here with my very special guest. I think my favorite guest I've had on the <laughs> podcast so far. It's my lovely girlfriend, Melissa Schock. Melissa, how's it going? Uh, pretty good, thanks. Um, you don't want a beer, right? No. Here, well, you have to try it. Okay. This is, she's going to try Hoptronics, because that's the theme of this uh, podcast, is we try beer. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> I did pick this out. <laughs> oh, my God. Pretty strong, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, on the box, it said um, super bitter and stuff like that. So. Were they lying? No, no. It says it uh, pairs well with stinky cheese. Yeah, I know. That's why I was thinking you that's should eat disgusting. this with your brie. I don't really know if I like that. It's too strong. Mm. Well, um, me and Melissa just got back from the movies. Uh, like I explained to you guys earlier, we were seeing Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it, which is surprising because normally I bitch about superhero movies on mm-hmm. this podcast in particular. What did you think? Yeah. Um, I liked it. Uh, it's not really, I, I liked it. I don't, I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was good, but I thought it was, um, going to be really different than every other superhero movie. <laughs> um, and it, it's not, um. It, yeah, no, it's pretty it, standard superhero movie. Yeah, it wasn't as stupid as, like, Superman vs. Batman that really only relied on gimmicky things and, and um, mm-hmm. fighting scenes. Um, yeah, that's why I like this one a lot. Cause it, I mean, there were definitely fighting scenes, but yeah. um, there was also, like, good non-action sequences, I thought. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I did like it, but I'm comparing it to the one with Tobey Maguire. And oh, I, so I, you thought you liked that Spider-Man better? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think I... Well, I don't know. I think it's just because I grew up with that one, and I relate to it more because mm-hmm. that's the time period, like early two thousands, is what I grew up in, and 
and the actors, well, I don't know if the actors themselves, but the characters are so much younger, than, well, significantly longer, younger than we are in, in um... Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, in this one, Spider-Man's, uh, 15, For, if you guys didn't okay. know. And, uh, yeah, um, I think I like this one, I think this is definitely the best Spider-Man I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, I, I definitely. Well, oh. the first, the first two Spider-Mans of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, mm-hmm. I like them, um, but... I also liked the first Star Wars movies when they first came out when I was younger. So I haven't rewatched those Spider-Mans, and I don't know if I'll still like them. You haven't seen them since they came out? No. Really? Mm-hmm. They're always on TV. I think I've probably seen parts of them. I've seen Spider-Man 3, mm-hmm. which was terrible. That one oh, sucked. is that the one with the black goose? Yeah, we're, 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 oh, that we're, is kind of stupid. Where Tony Toby McGuire is always wearing a uh, black eyeliner. Oh the whole time. yeah, and he's like the suave guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, one that's was not very one. good. I like the first one, I think. <laughs> then of course there was the Andrew Garfield two Spider-Man movies that failed miserably. Are those the most recent ones other than this one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't see those. I saw the first one and uh, didn't leave an impression on me. Saw, so, uh, I think, part of the second one, and I don't like that Jamie Foxx was a bad guy. Jamie Foxx? Yeah. I don't, I don't like that casting choice. Casting's a big deal in movies, and people, it's an underrated job. Yeah. Um, it's definitely important. But I did like it. Um, but... Uh, what did you think about the, the kid actor? Tom Holland, I think's his name. He was good. I, I liked him. I liked most of the actors. Um, uh, okay, I, so, um, sorry to interrupt you for a second. Uh, the first Spider-Man, the one you liked the best, got 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. This uh-huh. one got 93, so they're pretty yeah. close. Yeah, that is close. Um, I, like I just the, realized the, the bad guy is Michael Keaton. I didn't even realize that was Michael Keaton. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, he was okay. <gasps> That's hilarious. Oh, um, Because Michael Keaton was in Birdman. Yeah. And they called him so. Birdman in it. They did? Yeah, I think so. Uh, oh, no, they called him Big Bird. Big Bird, yeah. I don't know. What is this? What is That's that bad guy's name? Is like Eagle Hawk? I don't know. Um, yeah, I thought he was a pretty good bad guy. He's not quite as creepy as um the one uh, I keep going back to it but the guy that played the villain in um in the first one yeah the the green skateboard uh, guy or whatever yeah he the green is, goblin uh, oh is creepy that looking uh, dude. Will, is his name Willem Dafoe I have no idea I think that's his name um but yeah he is very strange looking yeah um but Michael Keaton I think did a pretty good job and and I liked the the act the main character or the main actor um, for Spider-Man? For this one, yeah. Yeah, Tom Holland, I think is yeah. his name. But they... All, like, the joking and, like, the silly, like, one-liners, mm-hmm. they, they don't appeal to me very much. Yeah. Obviously, that does... Well, that's what that's what Iron Man always does, because there's a lot of Tony Stark in this movie, and he's, like, all about that kind really? of stuff. Really? Yeah. I, I think he acts, like, so serious. Well, I he's trying to be a father figure, I guess. What? He did a terrible job. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. <laughs> I do like um, the first Tony Hawk. Or not Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk. <laughs> Tony Hawk's the bad guy in this one. I um, uh, rewrite the flying skateboard and just uh, <laughs> kicks uh, ass. <laughs> sorry, Tony Hawk. And wears a helmet. Um, Iron Man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't really 
I don't know. It, it was, I guess that the goofiness and the, the cutesy, like, um, relationship aspects of this new movie appeals to a lot of people, and it, and it provides, like, comedic relief, but... Yeah. Um, I just, it just kind of makes me... <laughs> well, in the scheme of uh, superhero movies, especially ones that I've seen lately, uh, this has got to be in my top ones, because um, I actually enjoyed it. There was a great twist in it. Um, yeah. Do you, you're not, you don't reveal Oh, uh, we, we usually spoil the shit out of things. You know what you should do is say, like, um... Spoiler alert? Yeah, in the beginning. Like, if you would like an edited version, visit our website. Like, <laughs> uh, you know? If you would like an edited version, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, we'll, so we will say spoiler alert and we'll dive a little deeper into it. Um, movie opens with uh, Michael Keaton working at this construction job. We came in a little late, so mm-hmm. we're not exactly sure it was happening, but I have a feeling it had to do with the last Avengers movie, um, Age of Ultron, which I'll be honest, I sat through. Don't remember any of it because I was really hammered. <laughs> um, but... They're they're collecting these alien parts, which I think was like from some bad guy that was in that one. That movie probably sucked. Yeah, I don't know where those alien parts came from. It's it's from one of the older movies. I don't remember aliens and. Because now that's what that's what Marvel is doing now. That you you have to like watch all the movies to kind of like understand everything. Hmm. Um. So, but then they get shut down by like the FBI or something. So he's Michael Keaton's all pissed and. Then it jumps to eight years later, and he's turning in. He's secretly collecting these alien parts and stealing them to make strong weapons to sell to people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then it goes to Spider Man. He's uh, doing a Stark internship, uh, which is just him kind of running around being your friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Yeah, I was confused about why he kept calling it um, an internship, and especially at the beginning, he couldn't get. He was calling it an internship because he wasn't, like, he was supposed to be constantly available in case they needed him, I think. Okay. So he shouldn't be doing all these extra school things. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. he could practice his skills by solving minor crimes. Okay. But, you know, of course, being a 15-year-old kid, he wants to do more because he's got these freaking awesome powers. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. I don't know. I could never keep that kind of a secret if I was a spider. Oh my gosh. You'd be like <laughs> posing on the front of magazines. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, definitely. No <laughs> um, but yeah, so the whole the whole movie, Peter Parker's just trying to prove himself to Tony Stark is basically his motivation for everything. Um, until the end... I'm missing a bunch of stuff, but they, he fights the Michael Keaton Birdman. I'm gonna just call him Birdman because uh, Michael, have you seen the movie Birdman? No. It's a really I good know. movie. I know. I know. It's like basically it takes place it. in like one continuous shot. I have a feeling I may not like it. You might not like it, because but because um, I oh, it seems unsettling. It is a little unsettling, but it's really fast, like because hmm. it doesn't stop moving, and it's so funny because Michael Keaton is an actor. Can't get over his role, his previous role of being mm-hmm. Birdman, mm-hmm. and he's just a Birdman again. So I don't think he's over it yet, even though he was never actually Birdman, oh, yeah. but he was Batman. Michael Keaton was yeah. Batman. Mm-hmm. And Be- Beetlejuice. 
I've never, never seen Beetlejuice. Oh yeah, we tried to watch it. I haven't seen it. In have you seen years. it? There's some I movies have. I really need to see. I'm just I don't I don't know how I haven't seen some of the movies I haven't I have. seen. Well, he was not Bird in Beetlejuice. Yes. <laughs> That's a rare rare Michael Keaton form, not a bird. <laughs> Nothing with wings this yeah. time. Um yeah, so he fights uh, Birdman a bunch of times, and there's this other character, bad guy called Shocker, which has just got like this shocking punching thing on his hand, like a electric boxing glove kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, until he like fights them at a ship when the FBI was FBI was already there. That was set up by Tony Stark, and um, Birdman gets away, and Spider Man has to try to keep the ship together. But yeah. eventually, Tony Stark comes, Iron Man, and like saves the day and then scolds spider-man and takes away his really cool suit that is something that was really cool about this spider-man though his uh spider suit it was so much different than oh, the other yeah. ones did you notice that it did that it did a lot like literally everything well, you would need yeah 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 and you know how the first spider-man's uh like the web just came out of him oh right did you did that confuse you at all because uh, yeah I, I haven't thought about it much but i didn't like if if the okay in this movie mm-hmm. um the web came out of his little gadget on his wrist yeah, so why like then make what the makes him S- spider-man like I think, I mean, he's pretty strong and like i don't know what's up with his, their bodies crawl. yeah did he crawl in the first movie yeah the first only the only like different like, like thing the only thing that was different like i guess physically for mm-hmm. spider-man in the first movie is that the web just came out right. of his wrist and this one and in the Andrew Garfield one, he had to, like, make the web. And I think in the Andrew Garfield one, they, like, did a lot more with him making the web. Like, in his hand, and then he'd throw it kind of thing? Like, just, like, the this, this same spider web. Like, the Andrew Garfield one and the one we just watched, they uh-huh. do the webs the same way. Just, they went into it more with the Andrew Garfield one and how he made the web and stuff. This one, they just kind of, like, showed notes for half a second, and he had vials of... So, I don't understand, like... In this movie, why the web came from this gadget? I mean, then what's so special about him? Does it come from his body? And no, no I, he so is he's the, not a Spider-Man. He just he can crawl, but what about the web? He just can't. He's the same thing as Spider-Man. He just doesn't shoot web from. I think so in the, in it the comic from? books, he 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 does yeah, what he did in this movie. In his, oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, like it's synthetic. The web is synthetic. Yeah, yeah. That's lame. That's how Spider-Man does it. I mean, it's kind of weird. I mean, if Spider just Web just came out, I guess it was a well, superhero. He got came bit by a spider. What am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound That's not right. believable at all. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. But the spider suit in this one was really cool. Um, it, it does so much more cool things than the other spider suit didn't do anything. It's got like, you know, when he was a uh, so. He, he gets the upgraded suit and he unlocks like these hidden features mm-hmm. and uh, there's like this voice that you can talk to and so he's talking to his suit yeah. and then eventually he has to go to a time where he's naming his suit he has to give her a name I really really wanted him to name it Alexa oh my gosh <laughs> I would have left <laughs> that would have been so funny <laughs> it's referring to uh, uh, Amazon Echo when you call those Alexa so yeah, yeah. She, um, that, um, robotic character reminded me of... Karen? The, the woman that Tony Stark talks to in, um... Yeah, I think Iron it's Man. probably modeled, modeled after that. Yeah. yeah. 
that Tony Stark talks to in Tony Hawk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the bowl. Uh, yeah, so I really like this suit. He has this little drone, of course, because it's 2017 drone that comes out and can fly a spy yeah. around. Got all those different web options, like he has electric web, he has web grenades, and uh, it kept, it went, it was really funny when he kept going, activate instant kill mode or something. Oh yeah, she's, he'd be like, oh what are these bad guys doing here, or something, she'd mm. be like, would you like to activate instant kill mode? <laughs> and of course he'd be like, no, no, yeah. Yeah. Um, a character in the movie that was really cool, I liked that one girl that was like a punk girl, that yeah. Um, uh, is she Mary Jane? No, I looked. I was looking it up on our way home because uh, I wanted to know that. She said I, her name was MJ at the end. Yeah, but her full name was Michelle. And oh. in the other ones, it's Mary Jane. Okay. Um, and I was just looking on Wikipedia, and um, the creators or whoever just said they wanted to um, remind people of that. Uh, relationship I, it seems, oh, okay. I don't know why well, maybe I, the next Spider-Man they're gonna hook up yeah it has to have some significance because you do see like at the end of the movie or near the end you know she gave him a look you know one of the looks that she yeah. had a crush on him or something and she, and she was just kind of written and acted like in a way that people are gonna like appreciate and not appreciate but she's gonna be a, a liked character yeah she was meant to be yeah you know, kind of like the... Yeah, she was cooler than that other She's very liberal. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I like yeah. that little subtle joke about uh, her protesting. Yeah, like, she wants to get in some time to protest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's much more interesting than um, the other love character. Um, uh, Liz. Liz. Yeah. Liz is the main love interest. She's, uh, it's like I think, a senior girl mm-hmm. in uh, Peter Parker's school. And they're on the... What is that team they're on? Like Decathlon? Decathlon. Or... Yeah. Do we have that in our school? Um, I, I don't think so. I never. I've I've, I've I seen that in a so. few movies. I've seen it in like Mean Girls. Yeah. And this movie. It's definitely a thing, but our school is just too small. Yeah, all it is is like trivia or math questions or something. I guess it's not really just trivia. <laughs> Sorry, that's. Yeah, <laughs> it's not just trivia. I, I think I don't know. Competitive it's like, competitive question answering. I don't know. It's like a probably mix of like mathletes and trivia, you know, about technology yeah. and math and science and okay. maybe history. They, cause, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Good for them. Um, yeah. So she's like the um, team captain of it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know that's how her and Peter know each other, but the real. The part when I realized that I was this is going to be a movie I was going to walk away from liking is when the twist happens. I really like twists in movies. And the twist is that Peter takes her to prom and you just can't believe that he could take a girl like that to prom. What? I'm, I'm just kidding. That's oh. not the twist. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the whole movie was changed from then on. No. Um, but no, but when he goes to pick her up for prom... Uh, turns out her dad is Birdman himself, Michael Keaton. And I can't, I feel like that is the oldest twist in the book. Oh, it's her dad. I didn't... Well, this is the thing that I makes it like... I didn't think about it at all. I guess that this this is the way it makes it a little more surprising is the girl is uh, black and then mm-hmm. Michael Keaton's white, but the mom yeah. is black. Yeah. So you you don't even think of, like about that. Right. 
Wow. And, and um, so <laughs> then that whole that whole scene. Oh, and my favorite scene in the movie was when they were driving to prom. Mm-hmm. And uh, like uh, Michael Keaton's slowly figuring out Peter is right. Spider Man, mm-hmm. and like he like asks this really dark question. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's at a stoplight and the light's red and red, he starts asking and then the light turns red and his face is just. Ooh. Turned red, and I knew that was super intentional. Yeah. And super cool. I liked yeah, that a lot. Yeah, the satellite is cool. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> and then he drops it and says he drops uh Liz off and says I gotta have uh the daddy talk with Peter. The dad talk. <laughs> the dad talk. Daddy. Oh, <laughs> and then uh just instantly pulls out his gun and yeah. tells him what, what what's going on. But Peter obviously was never even considering. Because it was kind of shot like he was considering, because the proposition was go inside, forget about this, show my daughter a good time, and if you don't, I'm going to kill you and your, all your family. Mm-hmm. And then, but it, and it's shot kind of like Peter's considering what to do or what. I didn't, I thought he was going to stay. I thought he was going to be like, okay. Yeah. yeah, and but then you That would have been a very old late movie. Just, <laughs> I, I thought it was going to end there. Oh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> To be continued. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you realize that uh, Peter left his phone in the car so it could be traced, so mm-hmm. he never had any intention of of not uh, trying to stop him. Almost dies, because uh, Birdman yanks his suit, go fly around in this place where they meet, and the building crumbles on him, and he doesn't have his special suit anymore, so... Yeah, that was a sad scene. Yeah, and he was has to like muster up the strength yeah. to save himself course you know of course he did every superhero movie has that part yeah. goes and has this crazy fight on a plane big action sequence uh uh you know that's probably like one of my least favorite parts of the movie but i don't know it was kind of cool the I guess. plane part the plane scene yeah it was cool that it was um i like the invisible plane invisible. that was cool yeah mm-hmm. and they, they use like cameras like they can probably actually do that stuff these days oh yeah but yeah so i will give this um all right well let's just finish it off real quick then uh uh the plane crashes they stop birdman birdman goes to jail uh peter parker goes um to tony stark's new place which is the avengers headquarters and i think he offers him a part of the avengers team peter parker turns it down just wants to be your friendly neighborhood spider-man for a while now and uh and in the end you find out peter got his suit back and he puts it on he's just staring at himself and then behind him is uh may who they portray way differently in this movie than any other of the movies oh right aunt may who mm-hmm. she's a lot younger and they constantly make jokes about how sexy she is mm-hmm. um and then she says what the fuck and yeah. finds out he's Spider-Man, but that doesn't get any more details. Mm-hmm. And there's a post-credit scene with... <laughs> Did you recognize the other guy? Oh, you don't watch... You watch Breaking Bad? I don't remember. Um, a little bit. But he... That guy that he saw in... Prison, po- post-credit should... scene, uh, Birdman, Michael Keaton, is just walking in prison, and then some guy who is Nacho from Breaking, Breaking Bad comes up and talks to him. I don't, I don't recognize him. I thought I th- I thought he was one of the guys in one of the warehouses or helping with the fight. I don't think so. Well, he was like, oh, um, 
funny that they put us in the same prison. I, I swear. I think he was a bad guy from a different movie. I don't know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so that's Spider-Man Homecoming. No, but you didn't say... Um, oh, go ahead. What? <laughs> um, he said... Um, oh. The bad guy, or the, the other guy in the prison said... Um, I have some friends on the outside that would like to meet um, Spider-Man, you know, like, you know, get a hold of him, mess him up or something. Yeah, but then yeah, Michael Keaton you, said he didn't Yeah, he the didn't guy know. said, I heard you know who he actually is, and Michael Keaton said um, that he didn't. If he did, he would have killed him. Yeah, so that's like, they're going to so be buddies now or something. I, I feel like if he was a really evil guy, he would have given him regardless of you know his daughter yeah i feel very very strange that he didn't give him up i know i think it's like totally lame it's like they made it like family friendly i don't know oh that i was listening to this podcast by cracked um a podcast i like and they were just they were doing like uh the best summer movies Uh and they all had like these common themes and this is definitely the one of this year probably the biggest summer movie of this year is gonna be spider-man homecoming um but they're always like not rated R, and uh, oh, really? big, a lot of money, a lot of action, mm-hmm. like lots of different themes, mm-hmm. and just memorable, like the Jurassic Park, Star Wars. Yeah. Um, they were saying Jaws, like a bunch of different things. But mm-hmm. this is, I was just like thinking of this uh, when I was listening to podcasts because I knew we were going to see this. Like, I bet you this is just going to be a summer movie. Oh, like a kind of like a rock and roll soundtrack. You know, they had like. Uh, classic rock songs all throughout the whole movie, you know. Through this movie? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it, it was pretty good, but it's not like, um, what's that other superhero movie that everyone loves? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, and I was thinking... No, Guardians that, of the Galaxy is amazing. But... That movie ha- is, like, really silly and has a lot of one-liners, but yeah. I like that. It just, it doesn't seem forced, and it doesn't seem like they're trying to appeal to, like... A twelve-year-old. Right, and yeah. it's and it's like I mean it's part of the Marvel universe, but it feels separated from it. Um, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like they're gonna be in the next Avengers movie. I think they're gonna be in it, the Guardians of the Galaxy. I, meh. But they, nah, it just feels like separate. From, from it's like there. it's like how X Men. I really like the X Men movies, mm-hmm. and they're also they're not gonna be in any. Uh, Who are the X Men? They're like Wolverine, Storm. You would like if you watched the good. You didn't see the good ones. Oh well, I like shows and movies where they. Well, if you if you don't like superhero movies, you're probably not gonna like them. No. Obviously. Well, well, you like the Defenders. What's that? The Defenders are the Netflix series. Oh. Um, Jessica yeah. Jones, mm-hmm. uh, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and but Daredevil. But that's because they don't have all these, um, you know, gadgets and stuff. I don't. Yeah, like and they're more te- low key. Yeah, I don't like all that technology. It just doesn't like attract me very much. It's, I, yeah, it gets kind of like. I, don't think I guess that's cool. kind of what Marvel. Is. Well, at least with Iron Man, he's all about gadgets. You know, Thor is not about gadgets. He's about magic. Uh, well, super cool. Uh, <laughs> well, what do you think Iron Fist just, is? And I think Iron Fist. Iron Fist, they kind of suck. Very, good. very much. But yeah, we should talk. Um, we were we were planning on talking about Game of Thrones, so we don't have that much time left. So let's just talk about. Something we didn't even think about. Let's talk about the Defenders that's coming out soon. Uh, since we've watched every, have you finished? Uh, I didn't Iron finish Fist? Iron Fist. I you just, didn't miss much. I found it 
almost un- unreadable. Yeah, towards Danny him. Rand. I just feel like he's just not a very good he's character. Just whiny and uh, whiny, useless. rich, and just has silly motivations. But um, the other three really like them oh, all. Super like, awesome. yeah, I love Daredevil. Ones. Yeah, Jessica Jones. Um, I think that was the best season out of all of them. Uh, but I also don't know how they're gonna. F- I I mean I always say this. I, Is there it's, only it's one not, or other one or two seasons of Jessica, just Jessica one. Jones? There was going. There's another one uh, scheduled to be released next year, along mm-hmm. with another of Luke Cage. Um, but the Defenders comes out next month. Yeah. Uh, and it's gonna unite Luke Cage, the man with the unbreakable skin. Jessica Jones, the girl with super strength and the ability mm-hmm. to fly by jumping really high. Uh, Daredevil, the guy that is blind, but can has all his other senses so heightened that he can see better than anyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, Iron Fist, Danny Rand, the billionaire mm-hmm. that can focus the power of the chi. Um, I'm excited. We're running out of time. Um, anything, anything else you want to say about Spider-Man or the Defenders? Um, super excited for the Defenders, um, especially, I really like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, um, those are my favorite, um, so yeah, I'm looking really for, really, really looking forward to that, I, I don't always love when things come together like that, but it, it'll probably be It's the cool. first time it's ever happened, I'm so excited, I give yeah. Spider-Man 8 out of 10, what do you give it? <sighs> 7. Seven out. Oh wow, that yeah. sounds more than what you were describing it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. maybe a seven, maybe maybe a six. You convinced me. <laughs> Fear number three. How the president grabbed me. All right, on to, as always, the least exciting segment of this podcast, purely because of the state our nation is in, with the leadership that we have. Melissa, a noted a noted supporter of Donald Trump is here to try to back the other side. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but she's actually not excited for this because, uh, she's been pretty gloom about the political affair lately. Yeah. Um. I, I anything that comes out, any new information or any new, um, anything new that Trump admits to or. Anything that comes out, I don't think it will make a difference. People think it gives you know a little more hope for something to be changed or impeachment. Mm-hmm. I th- I don't think there's any chance of that. I did, but yeah, I uh, I owe you an apology. Um, when during the election time, I was just overconfident with how Hillary was gonna win, and you have nothing to worry about. And you were saying the whole time that you thought Trump was gonna win. Yeah. And uh, well, I don't know how you saw that because no one else did. But well, congrats. But, uh, <laughs> thanks. I didn't think that. Um, I did kind of think that he was gonna get elected, and I was really worried. I didn't think that he'd follow through with a lot of things that he promised. Things that don't really benefit him personally, um, like. You know, things against women or Planned Parenthood or, or um, oh he will be trying you're saying know. he didn't follow through no that? I didn't think he would oh, I didn't think oh, he would okay. I thought you know there's no way or, or he doesn't have any interest in that which I, I really feel like he doesn't it's not like he's a Christian and, or in, any of that mm-hmm. um, 
But he is doing things that far though, so I am surprised by that. Yeah, he's doing things that uh, his voters, I don't think they were that excited for him to do, and not doing the things they really wanted him to do. Like what? Like build a wall. They what? Want, what? I think that they are supportive of everything that he's done. I think, well, I mean, if they are, then they're just being... Well, most of them, I can't, you know, right. everyone's different. But. but, I mean, one of the big things that he said, he was going to drain the swamp. He is the swamp. He, I guess he's technically not the swamp. Well, he is a swamp because he's a, a billionaire like everyone else yeah. that he is appointed to all the important roles. Oh, my gosh. Swamp not drained. Um, they, they want him to build a wall. I, mean, I I guess he wants to, but I don't know if he actually... He, well, no. All right, they wanted him to build a wall, but the important part of that was that Mexico was going to pay for it, and but, so, they are not going to pay but for it. But anyone who would actually... I can't believe someone would actually think that he could make that happen. I, I mean... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, it's unbelievable. You know, and a lot of the reason is, like, I feel like a lot of people voted for Trump, not because they wanted to, but because they didn't want to vote for Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the reason people don't want to vote for Hillary Clinton is because she's just been kind of like beaten down like every 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 political step she's ever taken. You know, she's been working for this her entire life. Yeah. There has literally never been anyone more qualified. Yeah. Um Yeah, and it's sad. It's really sad. Like like Trump would say, very sad. Yeah. <laughs> But um, one of the reasons Hillary Clinton lost was because of a targeted campaign against her by a different nation known as Russia. Um, I, I can't tell you where um, these facts come from, but I heard them uh, from a trusted source. One of my podcasts I listen to, Reply All, they're by Gimlet Media. They're, I mean, they, I'm sure you can find their sources somewhere, but... Uh, uh, Russia had like a coordinated attack against specific Facebook and Twitter users by like using bots to spread this false information about Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. in like swing states like I'm sure Michigan was a big one and Wisconsin and whatnot and uh, yeah I mean it, it tells you something that I don't know if Russia's meddled at least this much in an election by ours ever and why would they um because donald trump's their best friend and someone who <laughs> can obviously be controlled and manipulated right yeah and he's someone who feeds off ego mm-hmm. and hubris and <laughs> and just can't can't stand anyone saying anything bad about him at all mm-hmm. like it's really it's really bizarre this guy is like he seems like he's mentally ill, a, at least a little bit. Oh, and, I'm sure he is. I'm and, sure. Uh, I mean, sure, he's a, a businessman with a bunch of money, but yeah, he's there's something, I don't know, I don't know how he is. I think he's only good at screwing people over is what my guess would be. He's good at a lot of things, I'm sure. Most of us don't uh, play to that every man's advantage, but... Um. Yeah. I think he's definitely has some kind of feel like issues. if you want to get like that far ahead in this world, you kind of have to be somewhat of a douchebag. I, um, most of them, yeah, I'm sure they are. Um, Unless you're just like naturally sociopaths. super smart, you know. 
Yeah, there, I'm sure there are. I mean, people that are um, millionaires or billionaires or super successful that are, you know, doing it the right way or whatever, but I'm sure a lot of them are sociopaths. I think right. A lot of people out there. Like, maybe, like, almost every politician probably is somewhat like that, you know. Um, that's why they, according to my friend Nino, Veep is the most realistic political show out there because of how ridiculous uh, Washington is and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the main thing that's happened lately is um, President Donald Trump... Oh, sorry. Popular vote losing minority under investigation. President Donald Trump's uh, eldest son, Donald Trump Jr., is under investigation too. Um, there's been some emails that came out where he met with a uh, a Russian representative or a Russian lawyer, a Russian government inter- attorney, and uh, met with him to try to find incriminating emails on Hillary Clinton that would be useful to Donald Trump Sr. in the election. Um, so these are some... I mean, I mean, I'm I'm not uh, particularly versed in this story, but so what from what I've understood is that Donald Trump Jr. met with a Russian lawyer to try to get information that could help them take Hillary Clinton down. Um, that's colluding with another country to influence an American election, and that is not. Uh, something we want when Russia is pretty much our number one enemy. Um, so, I found this article on CBS News uh, by Emily Tillett, and I'm going to read some of it. Do you mind? No. Okay, so, these are the different reactions of the release of the emails um, from the political sphere. From Donald Trump. Speaking on behalf of Mr. Trump, Deputy White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders delivers a statement on Monday saying, My son is a high-quality person and I applaud his transparency. She directed all further inquiries into the situation to Trump Jr.'s attorney and outside counsel. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Um, Senator John McCain, Republican from Arizona. Speaking to reporters on Capitol Hill following the release, McCain said, I've said many times in the past, there's another few that will drop and there will be other shoes that will drop. He added, I know it's serious, but I've said a long time ago it's serious and this is a serious situation. Oh my god. One that is long way from over. Oh my god. He said serious a lot, didn't he? Yeah. John McCain has been uh, like speaking out against Trump, mm-hmm. and I, anytime someone speaks out against Trump, it makes me like them a little more. And I know John McCain, um, is a silly Republican guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, I shouldn't say that. No. But, <laughs> um, but he's he's one of the uh, the ones I if I had a conversation with him, I probably would uh, like him a lot more. You know. I wouldn't have a conversation with him. Yeah. Well. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't, I don't want to. I've been preaching uh, communication on these podcasts, so... Well, we all know I'm a great communicator. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Senator Tim Kaine, Democratic um, from Virginia, Hillary Clinton's former nomination of vice president. Addressing Hill reporters, Kaine said the release delivered wheelbarrows full of new evidence to special prosecutor and to, intelligence, and to the intelligence community. 
We are now beyond obstruction of justice in terms of what's being investigated, added Kane. This is moving into perjury, false state statements, and even potentially treason. Yes, totally agree. This is treasonous. We will explain more on why colluding with Russia is so bad later, but let's read some more of these. Mark Lauder, press secretary for Vice President Mike Pence. Let's see what he says. The vice president is working every day to advance the president's agenda, which is what the American people sent us here to do. The vice president was not aware of the meeting. He is not focused on stories about the campaign, particularly stories about the time before he joined the ticket. What does that sound like to you? Um, I don't know. Don't to me, it sounds like he's giving himself an out. Like oh, he's not yeah. he's not denying anything. He's not mm -hmm. he's not defending it at all. He's just saying mm -hmm. like I'm not going to hurt Trump anymore, but I'm going to try to separate myself from this. Right. Right. This is big. I know you were very pessimistic about any, anything like this, but uh I know it's big, but and I know it matters and it affects us all, but I guess you just, um, I mean, I understand you don't want to get your, I mean, here's the thing, like the best thing that could happen from all this is Trump gets impeached and we have John McCain as president, which, John McCain? I'm sorry, not John McCain, um, Mike Pence, Mike Pence yeah, which is, which I don't, also hell on earth, that's so, so that's like, I mean, nothing's going to truly change until we have four years. I mean, it's four years of this. Yeah, until there's the next... Well, I guess in 2018, we can, if we can flip the House and the Senate, that'll yeah. help mm -hmm. way, way more than electing a new president would. But it's kind of a stretch with how our country is. But, um... So, I don't even know if I want this to impeach Trump. I just want it to make him look bad and keep him in office until 2020, so where he has no chance to win. We can put, very important listeners, any Democratic candidate that's on the ticket, we will vote for. There's, I've lost my belief in voting for third party, and we'll never do that again. Except for, maybe... Well, unless things change in like 20 years or something, but... Yeah. Sure as hell not, and, you yeah. know... Yeah, unless Democrats themselves put new... Le there's, I mean, I don't even know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's even realistic, but... Okay, um, all right, now we got to talk about Russia a little bit. Okay, so you might want to know, why should we fear Russia? They um, are not as strong as us military-wise. Um, they're, well, that's pretty much the only reason why not to be afraid. But they are the, I, I, I think they're the second biggest nuclear-compatible country in the world. I don't know if China's up there. I'm, I'm sure China's up there, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, and Russia is definitely against the USA in a lot of ways. And, um, it's, a lot of it stems from Vladimir Putin, uh, the gangster president of Russia. Um, he's done a lot of things, like, uh, I'm, and I'm quoting from an article, um, from Quartz, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, I can't figure out who it's by, which is kind of, uh, not good. Oh, Sergei Kapukin? 
Never mind. Oh, so murdering enemies. And I've heard this from multiple sources, so this is not anything that I believe is fake. From trusted podcasts that I listen to. Which my brother always says he doesn't know those true sources, but they, I swear to you, they cite them. Murdering enemies. The list of people suspected murdered on orders from the Russian leader or people close to him is long. It includes several of Putin's early critics. Among them, liberal politician Boris Nemstop, investigative journalist Anna Polistikovkaya, and exiled former Russian spy Alexander Litvinenko. A UK government report showed that Litvinenko's death, he was poisoned using polonium in London, while was probably approved by Putin. And uh, going more into that, from what I know, polonium is like this special kind of, uh, I think, radioactive material that is only found in Russia. Oh, wow. So it's really hard to argue that someone who was opposing him directly in uh, the media and like was going to release stuff wasn't killed by Putin or at the very worst by Putin supporters. Um, they were probably directly linked to him that somehow had access to this material. Mm -hmm. There's no way he didn't know about it. So there's proof number one that Putin is a gangster. All right, imprisoning dissenters. According to a list from Russian Human Rights Group's memorial, there are now 102 people held in Russian prisons for their political beliefs. In this, Putin's Russia is continuing czarist and Soviet traditions. Polit political dissenters are still being sent to Siberia or to work camps, as in a Stalinist days. Famous past prisoners have included oligarch Mikhail Khodorkovsky, feminist punk collective Pussy Riot, Hell yeah. And, and Ukrainian pilot Nadia Savinchenko. Still, confined is Ukrainian filmmaker Oleg Stentsov, who was sentenced to 20 years on a strict penal col colony in, in Siberia on trumped-up terrorism charges. So basically, if you're trying to, uh, if you were like, who's, who's that guy that makes these films against America? Like Michael Moore? Not against America, but... I don't know. Well... If you were someone like that, like, making films that made him... Like, if if this would be equivalent to Hillary being a president, and the guy that made that movie that was released literally in theaters by us, like, about Hillary destroying America, mm -hmm. that person would go to jail. Right. Or go to a work camp. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of uh, nation that Russian has. Okay, another thing. Occupying foreign territory. Senstov is one of at least 10 Ukrainian nationalists or nationals serving long sentences in Russia who were arrested after Russia annexed Crimea in 2014 and started sponsoring rebels in eastern Ukraine. The Kremlin-backed protracted conflict Europeans Forgotten War in its third year and has claimed nearly 10,000 lives. On December 14th, German Chancellor Angela Merkel and French President Francisco Hollande said that they favored continuing sanctions on Russia after the peace talks in Ukraine failed to produce tangible results. However, a day earlier, Trump's chief of staff pick, Renice Priebus, said he would not rule out lifting U.S. sanctions on Russia. If sanctions are lifted, oil giant ExxonMobil could gain billions of dollars in deals. Trump's pick for Secretary of State is Exxon CEO Rex Tillerson. Mm. It is... 
almost, to me at least, laughable <laughs> the amount of, of things that Russia could be gaining from Trump being president. Right. Um, man, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Um, but yeah, so those are some of the things that make up Putin a gangster. There's some more, but let's see what else we can find down here. Okay, so um, you want to know some stuff about Russia, Mel? Or do you want to add anything? Um, I'll... I know you're not well-versed in this, so uh, no. no pressure. Nothing, not anything this current about Russia, but... Okay, so I'm going to read you some things from an article from 2014 by Alex Kane from, um, I guess, Salon.com. Uh, and it's titled, 10 Disturbing Facts About Russia That Will Change the Way You Watch the Olympics. So a little, little dated, but this shit still happened. Oh, Russia does not like gay people. <laughs> As a country? As a Putin. As a Vladimir Putin. And I think, I don't think Putin, like, super hates gay people. But them, like, doing what, what I'm going to read you to gay people so much is, like, helps him stay in power because it keeps the church on his side. Like, right. the extreme right. church people. Okay, so, gay propaganda law. Russia's brutal targeting of its lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender population has attracted the lion's share of press coverage and activist initiatives around the world related to the Olympics. Like I said, old article. The first anti-gay law passed in the Russian Russian legislature last year was signed by Putin on June 30th. Okay, I need to skim through this a little bit. Um, But basically... um, the bill bans propaganda about non-traditional sexual relations around children. Okay, that sounds, that sounds, it sounds like if you're not allowed to kiss another guy or another girl if you're a girl in front of kids. What? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a three sure like that. It's written so broadly that it effectively bars any positive discussion of gay rights or any action labeled as gay around children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... The legislation imposes fines up to $156 an individual and 31000 30, yeah, 31000 for media organizations. So they can't have commercials that, like, have... Feature um, gay people, endorse the rights. Wow. Yeah, it's... They, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised we don't have that here. No, nah, we never will have that I here know, again. I know, uh, um, but Russia's because Russia Putin does whatever he's a gangster he does whatever he needs to do to stay in power um, okay so this is what I was talking about uh, the bill is a way of bolstering Putin's populist credentials the Putin backed initiative is as much about gays as it is about the unstable price of oil and Putin's eroding popular support the less prosperity Putin can deliver the more he speaks of the holy Russian empire Language to which the Russian Orthodox Church thrills. Um, okay, so Russian also has an adoption law that's, uh, they don't let gay couples adopt Russian-born children. Um, it, it, uh, bans, the law 
bans the adoption of Russian children by any parent who lives in a country where marriage equality is the law. Like, what does that mean? The legislation bans the adoption of Russian children by any parent who lives in a country where marriage equality is the law. Oh, where it's okay to marry if you're gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. Um... Yeah, you know, just the normal anti-gay shit is why they say that's good. There's a foreign agents law. Um, it's another thing anti against a lot of this is just about anti-gay right here. Uh, let's see, anti-gay violence. The anti-gay laws have contributed to an environment in Russia where being gay is seen as a crime. The legislation has institutionalized homophobia and LGBT activists say the bill is encouraging violence against gays. Yeah, I listen, I did listen to a podcast on this too um, where people weren't safe in their country because if you're gay, you get beat up because of the because Russia controls the media in their country and they like have like a, this propaganda station like that just pumps everything up mm-hmm. and makes the US seem bad and gay people seem bad and whatnot. And I don't, they were just, oh, oh, this is one you might be interested in. Sorry, we're gonna move on real quick. Um, this one's called environmental destruction. So Melissa, um, what are your credentials in uh, environmental studies? You did something like that in, for uh, college, right? I for, always forget what your degree is in. Um, I have a bachelor's in natural resource management. So it's fair to say you know at least more than the average person about the environment and climate change probably, right? Uh, yeah. Definitely more than the average American. <laughs> All right. The building of the Sochi Olympic Village has thrown a spotlight on the deleterious effects on to the environment that often come with large-scale projects. Forget Russia's claims that the Olympics would be green. The Russian Olympic Village, the accommodation center for the Olympics, has led to the loss of wetlands that were home to 65 species of birds. Part of the national park in Sochi, known known for its diverse animal and plant life, have been destroyed. A large forest was completely wrecked. The quality of life for residents in Sochi has decreased, with some 2,000 families forced to resettle. The dumping of construction waste and building power lines have caused landslides and in one village drinking wells were destroyed pollution and construction have damaged the mismata sochi's largest river on top of that there is the usual negative impact from travel massive construction and hospitality services okay this sounds just like everywhere the olympics it has but the sochi olympics are no anomaly Russia's general environmental record is nothing to praise. Oil and gas development in the Arctic have threatened indigenous people in contaminated rivers. Russia's air is thoroughly polluted, much of it due to factories. Um, well, I think that's, that's I feel bad, like that's just every Olympics. That's the case, yeah, in everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, water pollution, hello, air pollution. Right, building these giant what? stadiums that are going to be used, like, for one month. Yeah, I'm sure. Sh- the U.S. is probably destroying more of its uh, natural spaces. Yeah, well, the U.S. uses their stadiums over and over again. For people that build the Olympics, they just... You know how I feel about stuff. <laughs> I know how I you mean, feel, that but... Is, that it makes yeah, no, no case for me. Well... You can't... You almost can't live in stadiums. 
They could. And they serve no purpose. Have you ever seen a zoo? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's basically an animal stadium that they're no. prisoners in. No. Uh, I've been to the zoo in so long. I don't think I would like it. A, a sports stadium that serves no purpose is much worse than a zoo. Much worse. It serves no purpose. Zoos also serve no purpose, but <laughs> they do. They, but at least animals live there. And pretty soon the only... Um, individuals that we have in certain species are probably going to be captive i know that's really crazy and, and so then, yeah at what point are this thing? that's a different topic well i mean uh i'm out of russia stuff to read um so if you don't have any thoughts on uh russia and how they're colluding with trump most likely uh why don't we talk about zoos okay i don't know what that means <laughs> Zeus? Zoo. Oh, Zeus. Not Zeus. Oh, Zeus, the god of whatever. Zeus, a.k.a. Tony Hawk. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, I don't have... When's the last time you were at a zoo? Oh, a couple years? I'm not sure. I don't think... I think if I went, I would be very sad. Since the longer I've grown in life, or the the older I've grown in life, um, I can't. I used to love watching like Planet Earth, mm-hmm. and yeah, all the shows in National Geographic. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I can't watch it's because, them because. But it's because um, like you don't want to watch a cheetah kill a I gazelle. Know. Or That's what they're supposed to do. Well, I mean, I don't see any problem. Some of the times it's kind of gruesome, but I still really don't like watching it very much. I just like think of. Whenever I watch them, I try to put myself into that gazelle's shoes and the mm-hmm. terror and the pain of my flesh being ripped open while I'm still breathing. We're not breathing for very long after that. Still. Oh, man. Yeah, it really doesn't. But then at the zoo, I think I'd be sad because I feel like all the animals, well, not all of them, but mm-hmm. like I'm sure the insects are super happy. They're like the butterfly exhibit. That's... No, they get squished. They probably die all the time. By people's big asses. <laughs> I'm sure, right? I don't think people just go and sit on the butterflies. I'm sure it happens every day. People sit on a butterfly? Yes. I don't know. Okay, well. Yeah. Then, I don't know. But then Sorry. everything sucks. <laughs> I don't know. And being an insect also, I don't think it's that much of a life. But anyway. Mm-hmm. I guess not. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I know zoos are... As a concept, I don't agree with it at all, like captivating animals for our mm. enjoyment and stuff. Um, suppose, so, but they do exist, and supposedly they, you know, raise money f- to support, you know, wild populations, and they do, a lot of them, especially the bigger ones, um, have strong breeding programs. Yeah. Um, and... I'm guessing most of like the offspring just become more zoo animals and they're not released to the wild or anything, but um, well, I, and I I'm think not the, the pandas probably are because they're like endangered. That's the only thing I really know. I'm not sure. Pandas are super cute and that's why mm-hmm. they're like the uh, face of the World Wildlife Foundation, right? Yeah. Oh man, real quick, um, we're running out of time, but uh, I was listening to this podcast and I say this all the time, but. Uh, <laughs> they're asking like okay what if aliens came to earth and thought that like 
humans were super cute and like that's why they haven't been here because they're trying to preserve us I don't think so that cute. they think we're very cute <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that's a stress but uh, yeah I'm not supportive of zoos necessarily but um, people who claim to not support them and you know love animals and stuff and then they still eat meat I think it's just ridiculous so yep you heard it here first guys um, stop eating meat um, if you like animals and you eat meat, you don't like animals. <laughs> I'm right out. <laughs> uh, yeah. People, you don't, don't, I don't want to see your Facebook posts about China eating dogs if you're going to eat cows. Yeah, it's really the same. And I'm, I mean, I don't eat meat. I haven't for a while, but I still, you know, feel a little biased. But we're out of time. Melissa, how do you feel? Uh, not too bad. I had a good time. Is this uh, as bad as you thought it was going to be? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, uh, search us, search for us on the Apple Podcast. Um, search for the Split Six Podcast. Find us on Podcast Addict. Same thing, Split Six Podcast. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Maybe Brian will update it. Who knows? Brian, if you're out there, uh, text me back or something, bro. Come on. <laughs> um, uh, thank you as always for splitting six with us um, we'll be back with either me and no one or me and somebody else good night